Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 478, October 15, 2020. It was 85 degrees on this day on two occasions, 1947 and 1985. Uh, and on this day in 1876, it was 21 degrees. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Hi there. Hey. Hey, Joe. How are you, everybody? Hey. Good. I was going to be in the studio, but circumstances uh, prevented me from <laughs> from staying in the building after I got my flu shot. Why don't you let yeah, the uh, listeners a in? A bowl of soup. <laughs> you know what they asked me, by the way, when I got the flu shot? I do know. Do you want the super dose? Oh, they asked Ooh. you that. Yeah. Wow. And, and I said, well, I'll take your counsel. And she said, yeah, I'd take it if I were you. So I got the super dose. That mu- what does uh, that mean? I think that must that be. That means I'm old. Yeah, it's, it's got to be age, I bet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, she stuck me pretty good, man. The Star Tribune today uh, notes in their lead editorial that in the 5th District, uh, which is a seat held by Ilhan Omar, they are choosing uh, to provide no endorsement. They, uh, in, in rejecting the idea of endorsing Lacey Johnson... I came across a, a paragraph that I find I shouldn't I shouldn't be surprised I shouldn't find it so astonishing, but I do. Uh, we go through the boilerplate here of of telling us that uh, Omar's really a good good gal, and and uh, their their criticisms of her are so uh, softened and so vague that they amount to not be criticisms of her, and yet and yet. They they refuse to endorse her uh, because they they want to find out if she's going to be able to grow in office. <clears throat> in conversations with the Star Tribune editorial board, she has seemed unwilling or able to do so. In August, we wrote the Democratic primary challenger Anton Melton Mew brought a different sensibility to the race. Omar's Republican challenger in the general election, Lacey Johnson, sixty six, does as well, meaning bring a different view to the race. <clears throat> Uh, Johnson, an entrepreneur and former IT professional who has lived in North Minneapolis for more than 40 years, is affable and earnest and cites as a key skill his willingness to listen to all parties. So far, so good, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not going to endorse him, but so far, so good. (laughs) His campaign is focused on educational and economic opportunity, and while his version of republicanism does not preclude collective action, his underlying philosophy is one of personal responsibility and minimal government. So far, so good, right? Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that awesome. what you want yeah. in, a, in a guy? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. far, so good, huh? Hey, it got says, my mode. Yeah, right away, I'm there. His underlying philosophy is one of personal responsibility and minimal government. Here's the astonishing sentence. Oh, those, yeah. re- those reliances simply aren't an electoral fit for the district. <laughs> nor sufficient to address its needs. What? Yes, it's a rejection of personal responsibility. Marcus Hunter, are you listening? Are you reading this? 
you are being told that a, a black man who made his way to the top and has lived in North Minneapolis for more than 40 years and raised his family there uh, emphasizes personal responsibility and minimal government, to which this, the editorial writers write, those reliances simply aren't an electoral fit for the district, nor sufficient to address its needs. How in the world am I supposed to not conclude what I think that sentence means. What do you conclude mm-hmm. what that sentence means? It means it means the people of the 5th Congressional District are used to this poor representation they've had under the illusion of the government taking care of them, and we can't risk endorsing a guy who comes along and says, pick yourself up here. We can't risk that. Are you kidding well, me? They've lost their minds. They're insane. Uh, and then it says, it also does not help Johnson's case that he portrays President Donald Trump, whose self-seeking and incivility are in plain sight, as a victim of media misrepresentation and underestimated achievement. Okay, so they uh, they got they got the shot at Trump in there, uh, which is not undeserved. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, in other words, they're... They're using that as uh, one of the reasons they're they're discounting an endorsement for Lacey Johnson. We can't endorse a guy who uh, doesn't hate Trump as much as he should. Right. Uh, That's basically what that line says. Yeah. You're right. If Omar wins as anticipated, the editorial board would like to see further evidence that she's building varied, even bipartisan relationships in Congress, and despite her national role and prominence as a symbol of the progressive movement, that she stands for the 5th District foremost. Okay, uh, so you didn't endorse Lacey Johnson because he holds as part of his value system uh, the idea that uh, personal responsibility and minimal government are not a good fit for the 5th Congressional District. I, I don't know what to say, folks. I don't know what to say. Uh, well, it, 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 can there be any more doubt about the the agenda of uh most of the modern news gathering associations in the United States. They're also providing no endorsement in the 6th district where uh, Tom Emmer is running against a newcomer named Tanya Tana Zaradka, a Democrat. Uh, they're not endorsing either one in this case. Uh, they also endorsed uh, who's running against a uh, Dean Phillips. They endorsed Dean Phillips over Kendall Qualls. That's not surprising in the least. No, but I mean, again, you have a wonderful, wonderful candidate in Kendall Qualls, another self-made black entrepreneur success story with conservative values, and they just they can't they can't do it. It is just it's astonishing to me. He would have been a wonderful, wonderful candidate. Uh, so would Lacey Johnson. And so we get from the towns from the state's major newspaper no endorsement whatsoever for for either Kendall Qualls or Lacey Johnson. So there you have it folks. But do, isn't there at least a tiny bit of a silver lining in this? In that yeah, yeah, at least yeah. they didn't endorse Omar. Yeah, that's I mean that that's what the on this positive Thursday has to pass for a ray Boy. of hope. <laughs> you know, how sad is that? That's pretty thin, isn't it? That's pretty thin gruel. But imagine had had they done so. Well, I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah, that's I guess what I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> the question of the, the question this year for voters of the largely Democratic fifth district comprising Minneapolis and several inner ring suburbs has been whether to part ways with a one-term incumbent who reflects their progressive goals but skews those beliefs and ambitions in sometimes discomforting ways. 
if they <laughs> if they indeed wish to unseat U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar, their best opportunity was in the primary. The last time the fifth sent a Republican to Congress was in 1960. No DFLer has been voted out of the position since. To which I would ask you, how has the city improved since 1960? How has the 5th Congressional District yeah. prospered, flourished, and achieved since 1960? Yeah. Anyone? Staff? Staff? It is not. That they can't, apparently, according to this editorial, it's flourished so much that they can't take care of themselves. They need right. the government right. to do it. Isn't that right. something? We're here Isn't to help. that something? <laughs> Would you please, how, how long ago was 1960? Is that 60 years? That'd be 60, 60 years. years yeah. 60 years. 60 years. It's getting worse, isn't it? Yeah. Crime is getting worse. Homelessness is getting worse. The the too many too many great young men like Marcus Johnson have have appeared to thrown in the towel. Uh, what what has been accomplished? With 60 years of so-called progressive leadership, and and look at another example, Joe. Of you know, they always cite the great schools and everything uh, that you know we pride ourselves on education in this state. Yet the entire St. Paul school district is distance learning right now. Right, right. So so is Minneapolis. And so is, well, not, I don't think all of Minneapolis, but a majority of Minneapolis, I believe, is mm-hmm. as well. Nevertheless, we make no endorsement in this race. It is the job of our elected leaders, all of them, to guide constituents through these divisive times, not to contribute to partisan division and incivility, nor wallow in that of others, nor take pride in being a target, but to rise above. The concerns we've raised in the past about Omar's capacity for the task remain. During her first term, Omar, 38, has been at turns careless with comments for which she apologized that hinted at anti-Semitism. Hinted? No, they were. They hinted. were. Flat hinted? Flat out. And incomplete with dismantled police calls that she insisted do not suggest the citizens won't be kept safe. But also constructive. With, le- with legislation to, pre- to protect students' access to school meals as part of COVID-19 relief. Though it is a mistake to define her solely by her flaws, she is friendly in conversation and searching in discussions about issues. She should be seeking, as should any rookie representative, to assuage doubts about missteps in the ability to grow in office. In conversations with the Star Tribune editorial board, she has seemed unwilling or unable to do so. It seems to me that the Star Tribune editorial board was terribly conflicted about this. Uh, They had every reason in the world... Uh, to throw their weight of this newspaper behind Lacey Johnson. Uh, they're, they're virtually telling us, look, in meetings we had with her, she seemed unwilling to uh, uh, erase doubts about her missteps and her abilities to lead. She seemed unwilling to do that. That alone should have caused you to endorse Lacey Johnson, and yet they couldn't do it. And I, I think they, they got away with not endorsing Lacey Johnson because Lacey has, uh, inconveniently enough, uh, not hated Trump enough. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it. There you have it. So I was... Uh, fascinating. I, it, I keep really reading is. this one sentence over and over, Isn't that Joe. Something? It's, just, it's just stunning to me. I don't even... They, I, I, I don't know which editorialist wrote that. I would love to explore that sentence. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, they need to explain that. What do you mean? Self-reliance and, and more government? Uh, what do you mean? You're opposed to self-reliance and less government? That's, we're, we're, this is what's dooming us. This is what's dooming us. May I say something about uh, 
uh, I know you're going to bring it up on the news, Jan, but I'm going to preface it. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, you may, by the way, you, thank you. May. you. Yeah. Did I say can? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, reefers wow. one, Joe, four hundred and ninety thousand. Jeez, Joe, you're talking like my people. Yeah. Did you see? Hey, it? No wonder I didn't notice. Can I tell you something? I seen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I deleted that tweet. Oh, I, why? <laughs> yeah, too many likes. Okay. Too, the, many, uh, <laughs> too many likes. <laughs> a, a story that is attempting to get legs is the idea that Hunter Biden may or may have not uh, benefited uh, by virtue of his father's connections to apparently a gas company in the Ukraine that paid him uh, depending on what you read, as much as $10 million a year for so-called consultation fees. And let me state, I don't know what the truth is. Uh, but I have a larger, larger view of it. Uh, the politi- it, it won't surprise me if the story is true. Let's put it that way. It won't surprise me. But I am unprepared to say whether that's true or not. I don't know. Uh, the New York Post has the story, and they've been blocked from releasing it on Twitter and Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, you're right. Yeah. And I think Twitter and Facebook uh, are suggesting that we're not willing to accommodate this story without uh, uh, further evidence. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, they, well, they, yeah. they feel that's uncomfortable. They okay, that's fine. My point is I'm prepared to say I don't know either. But here's my larger point that I got thinking about today on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. The political class, as we have seen happen before our very eyes, is so clearly and so obviously living on a rail parallel to virtually all other Americans that they might very well be trading in these mischievous episodes all the time because they think that's part of their deal. That I think, I think there's more that goes on that we don't, and I'm talking about Republicans and Democrats, that they have, they, they have lost sight of their, of their moral imperative to lead lives like the rest of us do. Right? They have lost sight of the idea that they, they are to be joined with us. Joined with us. They're not to be, they're not to be separate from us. And time after time after time, we see examples of their behavior that indicate that they're living life on a rail that's completely different than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Whether it's taxes, rules, regulations, investments, whatever. We're all in this together. We're not. I know. We're not. <laughs> and uh, again, I have no idea if this is on the up and up. I have no idea if Hunter Biden, uh, apparently a notable export on gas, uh, in the Ukraine, an expert on gas in the Ukraine. Apparently, I did not know that. Uh, I don't know if he was getting paid or not. I don't know what he what he would have been getting paid for unless it was access to his father, who was then vice president. But we don't know any of this. And it's this is if we say we need forty eight to seventy two hours, we don't even know what this will take because we don't even know if it will be brought to fruition. John and I were chatting about this, Joe, before you before you signed in this morning. I guess the only thing that's troubling to me is Facebook and Twitter themselves coming to the conclusion that well we're we're just going to save you from this. Well, let 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 the reader decide that. Mm-hmm. Well, and how is it? Well, we've we've discussed this at length. <laughs> Twitter and Facebook then become the news source for this. 
as opposed to the newspapers like the Washington Post and the New York Times, which have already demonstrated their, their inability to be competent and neutral. They've already demonstrated that inability. So I don't know where this is going to go. Well, I have no idea. Zuckerberg is widely known as a screaming lefty. Well, okay. Uh, again, I don't get my news from Facebook. No, but unfortunately, a lot of people do. And that's making our task, as we've said, our task as Americans is made ever more difficult. And plus, you've, 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 got a, a, you've got the institution of news gathering that can rest its decision to not pursue this, for example, in the event they determine it's not worth pursuing. They can, they can say that, well, look, the guy in office is more corrupt than Biden's ever been, and they would be able to get away with that. I mean, mm-hmm. you're dealing you're dealing with a with a president who uh, clearly is is capable of corruption, clearly capable of it. I mean, he's he's he, well, he, you know what you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I, it, you say know. damn near the Soprano family in office. <laughs> God, Joe. it's not that bad. Come on, Come on Joe. Jeez, <laughs> that's Joe, not John. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. But so. based you, on Joe. what you were just talking about, a lot of GLers <laughs> have sent me, and I'm sure you guys too, this documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Yeah. And yeah. I've tried. I tried to watch it once. I got about five to ten minutes in and realized if I watch this whole thing, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people are going to, because of that conversation we just had, are going to urge us to watch that, and I. I think we should at some point, but I just it needs to be on a night where I don't need to worry about getting to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, brother. Well, I honestly, because I, I've heard yeah. from a lot of people that I know personally that watched it and said it's fascinating, but it's also very, very disturbing and troubling. Well, as is the Hunter Biden story, if it's true, I, I don't know what will come of it. I don't know what it would take for people to find that an evidence of corruption worthy of worthy of dismissing their affection for joe biden right. i don't know what it would take i have no Come idea on, joe so you've never woke up with a crack pipe in your mouth no i have not you've never left a crack pipe and a whole bunch of <laughs> fake ids and cocaine dust all over a rental car once okay once i did <laughs> You never bowl? knocked up a stripper and then refused to make the payments? Not, well, twice. Twice. <laughs> so you're not above uh, the rest no, of, of us. of course not. Of course not. <laughs> but what outlet, as you were mentioning, though, is going to do that? What are we? How many weeks are we? we two and a half, three, three weeks from the three. election? Mm-hmm. Come on. It, you, we all know that's not going to happen. No, I, I, I don't know what to say to this, except I'm, I'm, I'm going to refuse jumping on the idea that this obviously happened. Uh, I don't know. I've been fooled too many times. I've been fooled too many times. Fool you once. Shame on. Shame on. Shame well, on. You well, fool me. Can't get fooled again. Let's face it, though. Uh, the only thing you can nail Joe on is his association with the guy that Hunter introduced him to. I mean, the father can't be guilty for the son's sins, can he? Uh, I don't know. The crack pipe nonsense and the stripper nonsense and all that. That's almost, that's almost biblical. It's almost Cain and Abel. What, what, what do you mean? The father guilty of the son's sins. Yeah. It sounds like a parable. Uh, anyway, that's all I had to say on it. The political class, it, it won't surprise me. What any of them, what any of them attempt to get away with, 
because they've grown too accustomed to leading that life that's parallel to the rest of us. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy that runs a hardware store, unfortunately not a Fratelloni's, the guy who runs a hardware store in Omaha, he just doesn't have the mechanism in place to arrange a meeting with some Ukrainian gas minister. <laughs> right? right? I mean, right, it's just right. not going to happen. Right, you know, right. the, the barber on... Uh, on uh, Tulane Street, New Orleans doesn't live in a world where he can pick up the phone and make things happen with the, with the gas minister of the Ukraine. That doesn't happen. That does happen if you're in the political class. Sure. You have that mm-hmm. mechanism in place. Or if you're you, Vince Flynn. Yeah. Or you can make it up if you're with <laughs> God, what a time for him to be alive. No I kidding. wish he was with us. No kidding. God, I wish he was with us. Yeah. And then he could so just isn't... casually drop. You know, I was meeting with the king of Jordan. Yeah. But no this one, stuff, no one right, dropped Joe. a name better than him. That was great. <laughs> but this stuff, you're right, is more outrageous than the stuff that he concocted and wrote. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever ask him if he ever had any interest in running for office? Boy, I don't know if that ever came up. I, I don't know. that He would have been wonderful at it, though. He's so glib. Oh. He was so glib and talented. Uh the idea that the political class is out of control is a is a solid idea, I think. And the, and the unfortunate, I was thinking about this today. Where do we turn? Where where do we turn for stability? Lacey Johnson, <laughs> who is not endorsed by the Star Tribune. Where do we turn for? Where does the buck stop? Colin don't Peterson. tell me it stops with Trump. It doesn't stop with Trump. It's there not going to stop with Biden. There. Yeah, there are guys out there who don't want to run. Well, like I said, Colin Peterson, you know, he'll he'll work with both sides. Lacey says he'll work with both sides. I had no reason to doubt him. Right, nor do I. Nor do I have any reason to doubt Kendall Qualls. Two guys who took the risk. Two guys who looked at the country and said, I got to do something. And they don't meet the requirements of a collectivist uh, attitude about the way society should operate. It's come to that. They didn't endorse Lacey Johnson because he believes in personal responsibility and smaller government. I, <laughs> it's amazing. That, it's bizarre. It's, amazing. it's, it's bizarre. outrageous. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to remember what I read in the uh, endorsement. Oh, Dean Phillips deserves another term because he's been so responsive to constituents and this and that and the other thing. Turning their back on, a, on, a, on the kind of success story the left always preaches for us to believe in. Mm-hmm. No, actually, they don't. They don't. If if you if you become too successful uh, as you're a black a, yeah, as yeah, a black conservative, club. you're yeah. not in the club anymore. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you're not the club. At that point, uh, your race does become a factor. Uh, so long as you remain a dependent class in the fifth district, we've got mm. the candidate for you, and mm. her name's Ilhan Omar. Oh, man. oh my word! That's it's just alarming. an astonishing thing. Is it's just you know astonishing. It, it reeks of communism is what it does. That's that's so far left, it's beyond liberal. <laughs> it's just craziness. Is there any more info that's come out? I know we talked about them rebuffing the story of the vote, uh, paying for votes. Is there any new information in that on that story, or has that basically gone away? <laughs> that that was, that was, here, that's in the editorial. Uh, I should have read that. It's the concluding paragraph. 
one final comment about this contest. Last month, the conservative actus- activist group Project Veritas alleged that Omar is connected to election fraud involving the collection of ballots. The report was steeped in innuendo and developments since have not enhanced its credibility. In the absence of verifiable evidence, voters should disregard the allegation. That's not entirely different than what we've said about that. Yeah, I don't find any issue with that. No, no. That story lacked too much clarity for me. Mm -hmm. I needed more clarity. I needed more evidence. I'm tired of herky-jerky cell phone video. I'm tired of it. And yet, did the Star Tribune ever dig into that? I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't think so. That's just it. If they did, we don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. Johnny Heights with us today, huh? Yeah, I, I just found a, a Mark Twain quote. I knew was there's always a Mark Twain quote. A quote when you yeah. were talking about Vince and, and real life. Yeah, uh, the Mark Twain quote is: "Truth is stranger than fiction, but it's because fiction is obliged to stick to possibilities. Truth isn't." That's oh, wow! Exactly wow. what you were describing with politics and Vince wow. and writing books. That is wow. good. Yeah, are you getting so, the Grundhoffers uh, this weekend, Johnny? Johnny. Uh, where have you been this week? Were you out sailing on Liberal Lakes? I, uh, <laughs> Were you over in Whimpering County? You know, Hi, Johnny. Hi, Johnny. Gonna, We're holding somebody's don't, purse. Don't make me use that comment you made a couple years okay. ago, Kenny. I, I withdraw. I withdraw <laughs> that previous statement. I, uh, to, uh, I had to make yeah. a trip. So uh, a little trip, quick trip. And now well, I'm back. Well, and now you're back, and you might be making a Grunhofer's run. I may, yes. I'm out. Actually, out of I'm out of meat. Sounds funny, but I'm out of meat. Well, they've got the meatloaf laid in the Philly potty patties, the uh, bra- Philly potties. Okay, that's a Philly new one. Huh? Is that a new Absolutely. flavor? Yeah, but I'm from Boston. They got the Philly potties. You put, yeah, you the put them on the grill. <laughs> they got the brats and the salmon and the chicken and the burgers and uh, you know the drill. It's fantastic. It's meatertainment. It's meatertainment. <laughs> I wish you'd stop saying that. that From Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's right at the north end of Hugo. That's not a long downtown district there in Hugo. That's small town America right there. And they're right there on Highway 61 on the east side of 61. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's got everything you'll ever need for grilling uh, indoors or out. The, the meatloaf alone. Uh, is there a meatloaf warning or are you staying home? Uh, I, I still have three in my possession, so there will not be a meatloaf warning issued this week. A meatloaf watch is always in place. Correct. Meaning conditions could develop. <laughs> right. That there could be a run on meatloaf, but uh, we will not issue a meatloaf warning at this time, so get to Grunhofer's and load up. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's right at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Justice and the Souchere. Man, Boy, I've never heard this song before. Okay, thanks, Kenny. Hey, uh, <clears throat> the emails continue to keep flying in. Yeah, thanks a lot, Joe. I really appreciate that. Uh, I got another one from John, who has made the switch to Chill Boys. Reeves, I hate to say this, but you were right. Bought my first pair of bamboo boxers from the Chill Boys. Julie helped me out. I told her I only purchased this because of the Garage Logic podcast, and she wanted me to, or she wanted to thank me very much, and all of all of us GLers. Thank you, John. And you should make the switch too. The hands down most comfortable underwear you will ever own. It's an absolute life changer. And guess what? It doesn't matter if you live here in the Twin Cities, up north, or Phoenix, whatever. They'll ship anywhere in the entire country 
fast and free if you place your order over $40. They are a great local Minnesota company, and they are so happy to be joined with Garage Logic. Check out their website today, chillboys.com. Place your order and let them know you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic podcast. Here's Johnny Height. Hey. Thank you, Joe. This update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Uh, before I do news, uh, Chris, since they're picking on you, can I pick on you too? Is yeah, pl- right? why not? Jump Please. on, jump in, well, jump I, on. The fellow who does a lot of our bumps, uh, who lives in this house with me, he says, why doesn't Chris have everything in one place? That way he could just rotate them. And yeah. I said, I don't, I don't know. We've so. been asking that question <laughs> for how many years? Because he listens to the podcast. And I mean, we've got says, one of the greatest young musicians providing us the music. <laughs> why uh, Why are you not taking better advantage of it? Well, maybe if the three of you ever left your freaking house and helped me out once in a while. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Let's say I did. I wouldn't know what button That's to true. press. That's true. Yeah, yeah that, that is true. That I've been working at newspaper business for 50 years. I don't know how to lay out a page. <laughs> Chris, you've put us in the position of saying that rookie is better. That's what you've done. Wow. That's okay. I, I'll, That's I accept what that. You've done. I accept that. In the uh, in news, sorry, Chris. That's all right. The Minnesota man. House of Representatives approved legislation late Wednesday night with a final vote of 134 sending the $1.9 billion jobs and infrastructure bonding bill to the Senate to vote on on Thursday. According to a release from the House, the bill poses what they call a major boon to the state's economy at a time when the unemployment rate is stuck at historically high levels due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. According to the most recent data released by the Bureau of Labor Stats, the unemployment rate stands at 7.9%. Job gains were lower than expected in September. Now, Republicans control the Senate, uh, so it should be an interesting vote there today. Uh, they are convening uh, today, Thursday. Uh, not sure when that vote will actually happen. St. Paul Public Schools said Wednesday it might not be ready to invite elementary school students back for in-person classes next month. Why? District is preparing for a possible November 16th transition to a hybrid learning schedule in which students go to school twice a week and continue learning from home the other three days. Some 500 special education students will make that move on Monday unless a state report on Thursday today shows a dramatic increase in new coronavirus cases in Ramsey County. The second stage of students in line to make the transition to hybrid is grades pre-K through 2, along with additional special education students. The third stage would be grades 3 to 5, followed by grades 6 to 12 in stage 4. As of Wednesday, however, the district had yet to meet three of its 23 self-imposed readiness targets for stage 2 students. Hybrid learning is not working. Nope. It's not working. These kids need structure. They need to be in class. I know it's a serious virus, but this is dumb. End of speech. Thank you. Uh, Speaking of the virus, state health officials reported 29 COVID-19 deaths on Wednesday, the highest one-day total since June. The state, as of Wednesday, tallied 115,763 total infections with the coronavirus. Uh, The COVID-19 death toll has reached 2,180, including six deaths with probable links to COVID-19 via antigen testing. Maybe this has been Uh, said before, but I have my hand raised, John. I have my hand raised. Yes. Uh, Is it as simple as uh, couldn't the schools administer a temperature check to every kid in the morning who's coming through the door? I can answer that. Uh, My boys have to have their temperature checked. 
But don't they have the device now? They just aim it at your forehead, mm-hmm. and you can get the temperature. And if a kid's got a fever, he doesn't get to come in. That's, the rest of them do. I agree. Wouldn't that be a, a way to solve this? That's what we had to do for our summer program that uh, my boys attended at school. They, If they had a fever, they were not allowed in that day. And then they were also checked periodically throughout um, throughout school. I, I just... It, th- Sorry. I, I, this is... They don't well, understand. Well, the, the, it, well, no, but the I'm making. Go ahead. I'm making the presumption that a parent would not send a child to school if the child had a fever. Right. And, and then, what is the likelihood of a kid leaving home in the morning without a fever and five minutes later arriving at school having one? So maybe I'm whistling up the wrong alley here. And I, I, I get it. You know, they're trying to be safe, but do they? Do they even realize what kind of undue stress they are adding to all of these families around the state? No, that absolutely need this that structure in place. You know, you uh, it's, go uh, ahead, Johnny. Okay, I'm sorry. Is that another speech, Chris? We have we a lot of speeches here. But, but, uh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where are your two boys right now, Chris? Uh, about eight feet away from me, Joe. <laughs> but this they're in the green but, room, aren't yeah, they? This is this is MEA related. This is yeah. not you know, yeah, co- I know. COVID related. But yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're over here. Right next to my well, pres- they're sitting right next to my case of barrel strength harmony spirits whiskey, Joe. They're probably gonna crack <laughs> it open at any minute. What a parent you are. Wow. Yeah. Vice presidential nominee uh, Kamala Harris will suspend in person events until Monday after two people associated with her campaign tested positive for COVID nineteen. The campaign said president uh, president said wow. Uh, Vice President Biden had no exposure, although he and Harris spent several hours campaigning together October 8th. Harris was scheduled to travel Thursday to North Carolina for events encouraging voters to cast early ballots. Speaking of early balloting, where did I put that story? It's right over there to your left. I'll get to it. I just took a photo. I'm going to tweet it out. Right there. (laughs) At the top of the Senate Judiciary Committee's meeting Thursday morning, Chairman Senator Lindsey Graham introduced and passed a motion setting a time and a date for the committee to take a vote on Judge Amy Coney Barrett's Supreme Court nomination. Graham announced that the committee will hold a vote at noon on October 22nd, one week after the conclusion of the confirmation hearing. Democrats objected, claiming the process was being rushed to satisfy President Trump's wishes and raised doubts over whether they would even hear from a panel of witnesses who were prepared to give testimony on Thursday. That's a week from today, Mr. John Haidt. Mm-hmm. Judge Peter Cahill, who's presiding over the case involving four former Minneapolis police officers charged in George Floyd's death, could consider several motions in the case Thursday, including what will be allowed as evidence, whether the trial will be moved, and motions to dismiss charges. Former officer Derek Chauvin is charged with second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and manslaughter. Former officers Thomas Lane, J. Alexander Kong, Tao Tho, uh, Tho are charged with aiding and abetting both second-degree murder and manslaughter. Attorney Robert Paul filed the motion to dismiss charges on behalf of Tao in July, calling for a dismissal of his charges on the grounds that they are not supported by probable cause. Also in July... Attorney Earl Gray filed the motion to dismiss charges on behalf of Lane, calling for the dismissal of the charges in the complaint for lack of probable cause based on the entire record. A record. And in August, Attorney Eric Nelson filed a motion to dismiss charges on behalf of Chauvin, requesting the judge dismiss charges on the grounds the state has not pleaded sufficient probable cause to sustain any of those charges. 
President Trump and Democratic President uh, nominee Joe Biden will compete for the attention of millions of Americans on television tonight in dueling town halls, with Trump's representing one of his remaining opportunities to make his case to voters ahead of Election Day. The competing town halls will be held in lieu of the second presidential debate, which was scrapped last week after the president objected to plans to hold the event virtually. Biden will appear at an ABC News town hall, while Trump is set to take part in a town hall hosted by NBC News. Both events are scheduled to start at 7 o'clock our time, meaning both candidates will be competing for the same audience. Uh, Meanwhile, Biden holding a double-digit lead over President Trump less than three weeks from Election Day, according to a new Wall Street Journal NBC News poll. Biden is ahead by 11 points in the national survey, 53 to 42 percent. The survey finds President Trump rebounding from a 14-point deficit earlier this month, however, still in a weaker position than in September when he trailed the former vice president by eight points. Help me understand this. Uh, there's controversy here, isn't there? Why, oh, why, there are is. they, why are they on at the same time? Well, uh, because apparently the president's people wanted it to be the same time. Oh, no, this is another great, great example of Trump trolling the Democrats. This is awesome. I love this because we're going to be able to see tomorrow who had more viewers, right? Oh, it's not going to be close. Trump's going to have twice the I audience. I think Trump will have a much well, larger audience. And then he's just going to troll them even more. It's going <laughs> yeah. to be awesome. Like what he I said. love that they every single hook that he casts their way, they chomp on and <laughs> run with it. It's I know, so but if you're awesome. an interested In the, citizen, wouldn't you want to give... Joe, it's just where I was going. If you're an interested citizen, wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to give undivided time to each of the candidates? Uh, well, most... Most of us have a DVR system, and we're going to tape Joe and never watch it and uh, enjoy Trump trolling the Democrats. And I most likely am just going to watch baseball. Yeah, there is, you know, baseball. Who am I kidding? I don't even have a TV in my house. (laughs) Well, I I mean, it's going to put me on permanent clicking. Well, you can do that. Yeah, I guess. You know. Uh, by the way, Johnny, uh, you mentioned yes. the, uh, the the case involving the officers. Uh, Paul yes. Bloom is in the courthouse right now, and he tweeted this out about 15 minutes ago. George Floyd murder case back in court, strict 30 minutes. Important to note, this is all about a key evidence issue. Despite buzz, courthouse sources tell me not to expect major rulings and issues like where to hold trial, one to four trials, or dismissing charges. We are told the four defendants have all waived their right to appear in court for today's arguments. So this is Judge Peter Cahill and at least half a dozen attorneys, uh, one representing media interests, media arguing all pretrial court filings should be public. Got it. Uh, the election, even though we have these town hall meetings and everything, we already had 15 million Americans who voted reflecting an extraordinary level of participation despite barriers erected by the coronavirus pandemic, uh, setting a trajectory that the experts say could result in the majority of voters casting ballots before Election Day for the first time in United States history. In Georgia this week, some voters waited as long as 11 hours to cast ballots on the first day of early voting. In North Carolina, nearly one in five of roughly 500,000 who have returned mail ballots so far did not vote in the last presidential election. And in Michigan, more than one million people, about one-fourth of the total turnout in 2016, have already voted. So far, much of the early voting appears to be driven by heightened enthusiasm among Democrats. Of the roughly 3.5 million voters who have cast ballots in six states that provide partisan breakdowns, registered Democrats outnumber Republicans by roughly two to one. Hmm. 
Republican members of the Senate Judiciary Committee are describing a Wednesday decision from Twitter and Facebook to block sharing of a New York Post story alleging corruption against Hunter Biden as an unprecedented election interference attempt, saying they plan to subpoena Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. The New York Post on Wednesday, as you talked about earlier, uh, Joe, published unconfirmed allegations signaling that Hunter Biden had introduced his father, Democratic nominee Joe Biden, to an executive at the Ukrainian oil firm Burisma. The email supplied to the Post by Trump's attorney Rudy Giuliani has been viewed skeptically by some as an effort at potential Russian meddling in the election. Twitter flagging the story in the morning as violating its policy on hacked materials, while Facebook also blocked sharing of the link, citing a policy against the spread of misinformation. Dorsey later apologized, calling Twitter's lack of a clear explanation about why the story was blocked unacceptable. Later in the day, Twitter explained that in addition to violating its hacked materials policy, the images contained in the articles include personal and private information, which violates our rules. You know, speaking of Twitter, Kenny, you're mean. What? <laughs> what I do? So I had mentioned that the boys were distance learning, so I took a photo just, you know, to share with the GLers. Oh, and I no, said, no. wasn't kidding, my boys are distance learning in the GL Podcast Studios next to the Harmony Spirits Barrel Strength Bourbon hashtag parenting in a pandemic. Kenny retweets it and says, just like at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're mean. <laughs> it's original, my specialty. <laughs> <laughs> the original owner and longtime backer of First Avenue, Alan Fingerhut, died Monday at age 76, surrounded by family at his home in Northern California. Daughter Rain Fingerhut said he suffered from Lewy body dementia, the same disease that afflicted Robin Williams. Uh, Fingerhut had not been formally involved in First Ave since 2004, but he still factored heavily in its story as recently as this year, appearing in that uh, TPT television documentary and a Minnesota History Center exhibit celebrating the 50th anniversary of the venue. Here comes a Joe Cocker story. Stay tuned. Wait. <laughs> he was the second of three kids born to Rose and Manny Fingerhut, co-founder of the Fingerhut Catalog Retail come Empire. On, come on. After graduating from St. Louis Park High School in 1962, he studied art and photography in New York, then joined the Army as the Vietnam War escalated. He had no experience as a bar owner or rock promoter when he turned the old bus station into a music venue originally named... The Depot, in collaboration with musician Danny Stevens. It's in coming. Three, it comes. Two, well, two, one. One. I was there the opening night. <laughs> there we go. For, for uh, there we go. Joe Cocker, Mad Dogs, and Englishmen. <laughs> and Danny Stevens, of course, was in a group called Danny's Reasons. Very good local group. Uh-huh. I just got Thank a picture. You, Kenny, Kenny, did this Thank happen you. in Garage Logic or Liberal Lakes? It's a Tracy sent me this. It's a picture of a guy leaving Home Depot with a newly purchased two wheel dolly in a grocery cart. (laughs) (laughs) That's Liberal Lakes, my friend. It has to be Liberal Lakes. Remember, this November, this guy's vote counts the same as yours. He's pushing a two wheel dolly in a grocery cart. (laughs) Well, first, in in GL, what we do is we grab that two wheel cart, then we load it up with goods, and we use it to cart our goods out to our truck. There you go. And mistake one was Home Depot. If you go to Fratelloni's, that ain't happening. They said, What are you you doing? Get that out of the cart. Right. Well, they don't have carts at Fratelloni's, they just have the two wheel dollies. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, Joe. 
when Nick Drummond bought a home in upstate New York to restore, he knew the walls would have some secrets, but he didn't realize those secrets could end up being worth thousands of dollars. Uh, Drummond is an architect with a passion and talent for historical restoration. Last year, he and his partner left their home in Baltimore so Nick could take a position in Cooperstown, and his partner Patrick could open his own floral design shop. When the four-square home in Ames that they had admired came up for sale, they bought it. The home needs tons of work to return it to its former glory, but it wasn't long before the home started sharing its secrets with the two men. Nick says when they bought the house, they were told it was built by a childless German baron who turned to bootlegging illegal liquor in the 1920s. Nick says the story seems to be at least partly true. He said while repairing trim as part of a larger renovation, we discovered multiple false walls and secret compartments under the floor in our mudroom. The foundation walls and floors in the mudroom are lined with intact cases of 1920s whiskey. Wow. Cool. Compartments are being discovered throughout the house still, he said. Even after the initial discovery, more and more bottles are being found. He said it's hard to say at this point how many full bottles we have. The other bottles dried out, so we may have around 20 or so full bottles out of the initial seven bundles. Nick says he's contacted some auction houses and collectors. They say the value of some of the bottles, these are single bottles now, could range from 500 to $1,200. You notice he's not saying anything about all the cash they also found. Yeah. <laughs> because you know he did. Beverly Hills City Council voted Tuesday night to ban certain Halloween traditions, including trick-or-treating. Boy, they're getting to the bottom of all the problems in California, aren't we? Beverly Hills doesn't really have a lot of problems. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Both car-to-car and house-to-house trick-or-treating are prohibited. Uh, giving candy, toys, or other treats to anyone outside one's household is off-limits on Halloween. Uh, now this, I don't know, is shaving cream, is this a normal Halloween thing? I've, I've never heard yeah, of this. Yeah, it can be. Really? Yeah. What, well, what is that? Licensed barbers are exempt uh, from a shaving cream order, which uh, tells you you cannot spray shaving cream on others for Halloween. That's against the law this year. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either. I never heard of that. It, it can be with uh, junior high age kids. Yeah. Huh. Those who violate the order will be subject to a citation, according to officials. Uh, no details provided on uh, possible I actually signs. have city council news from Garage Logic here, uh, mm-hmm. and I was surprised that it even came up, but I really like how it turned out. It said some council members said they had been approached by residents on whether or not the city would be allowing trick-or-treating for uh, Halloween. The consensus was the city cannot put any limits on trick-or-treating and in the city, and people would be able to decide for themselves if they want to have people come to their door wow. on October 31st. So it's still a free country in GL and Gumption County. <laughs> uh, a couple of bird stories for you. A mm-hmm. bird said to have the aerodynamic build of a jet fighter has been tracked flying more than 7,500 miles from Alaska to New Zealand, setting a new world record for a bird non-stop flight. It non-stop. never put down? It never put down? Never put down. Oh, he got in the jet stream, right, Johnny? Wow. This is yeah. like flying to Chicago in 45 minutes. It's the bar-tailed godwit. Oh, yeah. set off from... Set up from oh. southwest Alaska on 16th Those babies have endurance. <laughs> he arrived in a bay near Auckland 11 days later, having flown of speeds up to 55 miles an hour. 55. Wow. How do it know um, this? Did they tag well, it? 
Yep, they tagged it uh, with a little satellite tag on its lower back so that scientists could track its progress because they knew the bird would be flying south. Uh, it was one of four uh, to leave together from the Alaskan mudflats where they had been feeding on clams and worms for two month, uh, months. Uh, they said the bird, uh, they have recovered this bird and he's just fine. So 7,500 miles nonstop. Wow. I heard tell of a local around here who uh, shot himself a bobcat, which you can't do, and uh, brought it home and was surprised to see the DNR pull up in his uh, driveway shortly thereafter because the bobcat had a locator on oh, it. Oh, no. Oh. So, fellas, I know you want to take care of business, but leave them there, bobcats. Yeah. Did you guys see the video of the cougar that stalked the, uh, the jogger? Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, this dummy was taking video of the cubs. Oh, he! I didn't know that part. Yeah. Okay. And cougars don't stalk. That cougar was simply escorting this idiot out of the area. <laughs> right. It looked like an escort. You're right. Because when cougars uh, attack you, you don't know it until it's happening. They uh, lay in the weeds and jump. They, they don't stalk. Got it. Our anyway. other bird story involves an owl. I love owls. Oh, this is a wonderful story. Joe, you're going to love this. I hope so, because I'm an owl guy. Joined a helicopter pilot mid-flight while crews worked to help extinguish the creek fire in California. Getting a ride. Yep. Sky Aviation (laughs) said it's odd to have an owl enter an aircraft, and it's unheard of to have it enter while the helicopter is in flight. In what Sky Aviation is calling an unexplainable and magical miracle, the owl sat with the pilot for several water drops as the creek fire ravaged the owl's home below. (laughs) He's curious. You know, he's like a shop rat. Hey, what you guys doing? (laughs) We've just learned. Checking him out. (laughs) We've just learned in the last two stories that birds are brilliant. Yes. John, you did this on purpose, didn't you? I did. Then just as it arrived, safe and unannounced, the owl parted company with pilot Dan Alpiner, who flies the helicopter for the Wyoming-based charter company. Uh, There was only one photo of the owl. It was a real neat picture. He's just sitting there in the helicopter. Uh, Looking at him. Yeah. Pilot said he only had uh, time to take one picture because he was trying to fly. The what's helicopter. that button for? What, 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 what's that one for? What are you doing there? <laughs> Aren't you surprised though that the poor little uh, the little guy didn't get decapitated or su- or you know hurt by the too rotor smart. wash? Too smart for that. But We're isn't weak. there a lot of wash downward wash from those yeah. rotors? Yeah. Who's our guy that we've had on the air? The firefighter. Ken. Oh. Oh. He. Oh, what is his name? I wonder if he's been fighting the California fires. Oh, of Good course you, Chris. Yeah. 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 Um, so here you go. This, Johnny did this because he knew I was going to play this 20-second clip. Hmm. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. <laughs> yep. Yep. Everybody knows that. Okay. Well, did you know that some owls aren't that wise? Hmm. Don't forget I'm having brunch with Megan tomorrow. Who? Megan, my coworker. <laughs> Who? Seriously, you've met her like three times. Who? <laughs> Geico. Fifteen minutes. Could you? Okay. That's me and you right there. Yeah. Such that's, oh. that's awesome. I saw that commercial for the first time, and I didn't think I was going to stop laughing because I'm humored Joe, easily. Did you see the video I posted on Twitter the other day of the crows? Yes. Yes. Okay. Hey, why isn't Geico... Geico. Why is it uh, Geico a client? We should have them as a client. Well, we have the Canopy Group as a client. Well, the, oh, that's true. And that's true. Uh, and they, I believe Geico is one of their... They're probably, uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 because they, they work with them. <laughs> sure. Canopy Group. Yeah, no, I'm sure that's the way it works. Yeah. 
Some homeowners in a West Omaha neighborhood are concerned for their kids as the neighbor appears to enjoy his time in his swimming pool and hot tub in his backyard with no clothes on. Is that wrong? Omaha police were called twice in the past week to Pacific Meadows, tried to issue a citation for indecent exposure after the man in question had been warned once before. Uh, Omaha police say a child could have seen the 43-year-old man enjoying his hot tub and pool in the nude. That's how one woman described the vantage point some homeowners have of their newest neighbor. The neighbor the TV station who wrote this story spoke to declined to go on camera, asked not to be identified out of concern for her family. Attempts to contact the man throughout the day for comment were unsuccessful. A police report said neighbors showed officers a video of the man exiting the water and stretching oh, out okay, in the nude. So, okay, so, okay, so they're in their backyard with cameras. Okay. They're filming them, sure. All right, okay, them. all right. The neighbors have taken their complaints to the police at the Neighborhood Association. Uh, the police did try to issue the man a citation for indecent exposure on Sunday, but he wasn't home. They say they eventually will go back. Uh, that, by way, is a uh, miss demeanor and they tell him to I put wish, more clothes on them. I wish Rookie was here. What's the name of the guy in the locker room uh, when Rookie was in high school? Charles. Charles Barr. Charles. Mm-hmm. Charles Barr. He could tell this story about this guy while the rest of these crackers were cowering and covering up their private. Charles was walking around with Look his hands here. on his hips, nodding his head, going, yep, yep, yep. Uh, by the way, uh, President Trump is in Greenville, North Carolina at a rally right now. Yes. Uh-huh. And um, can he, to, to corroborate what you said earlier, he's reading Hunter Biden's new emails out loud at his rally right now. <laughs> no, really? I told you. I told you. Oh, they're going to be so outraged. They can't let anything go. It's like saying to John, hey, John, the Beatles suck. Right. And boom, he's off to the races. Fifteen minutes later, he's finally done with his rant. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh. From the OOPS department, the dean of South Carolina's largest law school is apologizing after he forwarded an email that contained the names of all the students who failed the bar exam to become a lawyer. Uh, University of South Carolina School of Law Dean William Hubbard said he was so excited when he got the official email that 82% of his students passed that he forwarded it without noticing the attachments that were supposed to remain private. Names of students who fail the bar exam are supposed to never be published, and scores for those who passed are never revealed. Hubbard said he thought he was just forwarding a letter with the overall results to the school. He took over as dean of the law school in August. He was once on the university's board of trustees and is a former president of the American Bar Association. I have news from the failed academy when uh-huh. we at last... Uh, when we at last return, I have some okay. interesting news from the failed academy after we take this short time out. All right, here we go. Schoonover Body Works in Glass and Shoreview. They're doing it right. They're a one-stop family-owned third-generation body shop. The sole sponsor of today. Positive Thursday. Positive Thursday, as we say here at GL. Mike's going over on the line. And, uh, Mike, uh, I, I need your help. I, I'm going to reach down between my legs, ease the seat back, and uh, cruise into winter with your help, sir. That's fantastic. I like that, Kenny. You can do uh, it? Yeah, it, it is. It is getting to be that time. The, the, the uh, winter is coming upon us, and there's some things I think that GLers should do to get prepared for it. So. 
My um, big gripe you know, every year when I see the first snowfall of the year is tires. And I think I need to look in the mirror this year. I've got four tires that are the same tires that are on my truck now, but they're mounted on the stock rims, which I have in storage. Can I bring those four rims and tires in, have you take them off, take off the tires on my truck, swap them on, and do all that nonsense for me. And at the same time, I need an oil change, and I need two batteries, two new batteries installed in that truck. What say ye? Uh, yes to all the above, Kenny. Have you? Have oh, you it's amazing what winter tires, if, if, if uh, the listeners have never driven on winter tires, it's absolutely crazy. And, um, oh, you yeah. know, it helps. It helps uh, when you have winter tires on because then you avoid collisions. So, um, but you know you're safer on the road and that type of thing. But yeah, and regarding your truck, we we can do the batteries, we can do the tires, we can do the oil change. Uh, we'll even hang on to your tires for you as well, and and oh. swap them back in the spring. So, oh um, yes, we do all what that. El- what else should people be uh, worried about come winter here? Well, I think that battery, I think the electrical system period needs to be, you know, checked out, especially if you're, you know, running close to 100,000 miles on your vehicle or if your battery is, you know, three to five years old, you should probably have it checked out before you're in the middle of a parking lot in nowhere and uh, you got that turn of the key and there's nothing happening. That's the worst feeling in the world. So, so um, and then just prepare for winter because... You know, my my knucklehead son. Uh, you know, he he uh, he'll walk out the door in January with shorts on and uh, a, a hoodie, and um, people don't realize that you might get stuck. Yeah, and you, you don't want to be stuck in the winter. And plus, uh, from what I hear, it's going to snow this weekend. So let's go here so let's say somebody calls you and uh, gets put on the schedule they're gonna have to wait three weeks to get in the door no not at all okay not at all but let's tap okay. the brakes on the old snow talk kenny you know it, it's gonna hit the <laughs> ground it's gonna melt so just let's go easy here all right all right glass service body work uh frame swaps PDR and weather forecasting. They do it all at Schoonover Body Works and Glass. You guys have been around for 80 years. No wonder you're always one of the best shops in the metro. When it comes to body shops, we all have a choice. Our choice here at GL Garage Logic, SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. Well, before we get to the failed academy, we got to check in with the, uh, the mighty nautical warrior, Eric Mishy. Spinning down the Mississippi counterclockwise on an inadequate pontoon boat <laughs> with a garden shed attached to it, doing the good work of raising money for this spare key foundation. It's called Hope on the River. Eric, where are you as we speak? Okay, Mr. Scotland. Eric? Hi, dear. All right. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Where are you, I'm, sir? I'm 20, 20 miles north of Rosedale Harbor, Mississippi. Okay, so you're past Memphis. Past Memphis, past Eleanor, Arkansas, and now we're going to get a sea line for uh, Rosedale before it rains. Well, yeah. that's right. You did forecast the rain in your email. That's true. Yeah. Uh, are, are things going well? Things are not going better until it's done. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Get the Scotland call ready, uh, Chris. I'm on it. Uh, Eric? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, and that's... Here's, At least uh, we know he's alive, Here's Pat Joe. calling from Muirfield. All right, so there you have it. Mom's defending right. the guy. <laughs> what? Eric? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> adjust your. Yeah, adjust yourself. The your voice is breaking up. Just turn a little bit. Turn. <laughs> getting there. <laughs> it's getting there. Keep trying. Uh, all right, I'm outside. We're in a restaurant. And now you're perfect. Outside. Now you're perfect. The wind doesn't blow. It's not that tough. Right. All right. And uh, I hope the wind blows at least one or two times. <laughs> thank you r2d2 okay that's enough that's enough okay twins play it yeah thank god eric's fine he's uh nearing mississippi yep uh and he's in a part of the country where they have not heard of cell phones so there's no towers or uh in his or anything else in his defense help. uh when i did email him it took a little bit for him to get back and he just said both internet connection and cell phone is very spotty down here. I, I'd love to ch chat with you guys, but it might be tough. All right, please know. email him back that uh, we're aware of the difficulties, and we're going to suggest that the listeners please find him yep. on hope. Uh, is it hopeontheriver.com or org? Dot org. Hopeontheriver.org. He's doing the Lord's work. He's raising money for the Spare Key Foundation, which provides financial assistance to people uh, uh, who are having trouble handling their medical expenses for a family member. And uh, because he couldn't have in-person gatherings because of COVID, he decided to undertake this great exped expedition to draw attention to Spare Key, and he's he's succeeding fabulously. We're just going to be on pins and needles, though, until he finally gets to uh, New Orleans because he's in a really inadequate vessel, just yeah. a terribly inadequate yeah. vessel. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't even put that thing on Spoon Lake. That thing's no. a disaster. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the Department of English at Cornell University. Cornell, that's a, that's a major Ivy League school. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. Uh, the Department of English at Cornell, where is it? Is that New Hampshire or Vermont? I'm on it. Find uh, it out. Yes. Find that out. The Department of English <laughs> at Cornell University recently voted by a wide margin to change its name to the Department of Literatures in English <clears throat> in order to eliminate, as one faculty member put it, the conflation of English as a language and English as a nationality. This is according to the Cornell uh, College paper, the Daily Sun. Uh, they said uh, faculty members of color proposed the name change during the English department's first faculty meeting of the fall semester. The paper said a significant majority of the department approved the name change, and now all that awaits is an okay from the administration. Director of Undergraduate Studies Professor Kate McCullough, English, indicated to the paper that the change would help do away with the conflation of English as a language and English as a nationality. The, the decision to demand such a change was spurred by this summer's resurgence of Black Lives Matter movement following George Floyd's death, according to Professor Carol Boyce-Davies, comma, English. What does that mean, English? That must mean the English department. Uh, by the way, Cornell University is in the city of Ithaca, New York. I'm sorry, Ithaca, New York. Oddly I, enough, that's also the site of one of my favorite movies, uh, Road Trip, where they also attended the University of Ithaca. Is is Cornell where you can get? Isn't isn't Cornell famous for its hotel management degree? Yes. 
Okay. No, 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 no. They're in fact uh, Cornell's. Is, uh, they're famous for corned beef hash. Oh, I didn't oh, know okay. that. All right. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this story because I don't know what they mean. They must mean that English itself connotes some sort of vile racism. So what they're really teaching, if they're teaching at all, are the literatures of English. So, But they're no longer the English department. Have you noted that uh, today the uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press picked up a New York Times piece, uh, the headline of which is how a pledge to dismantle the Minneapolis police collapsed. And it's, uh, it's just a, a summation of pretty much what we've said since May about the right. efforts of the incompetent city council to defund the police. Uh, and it, it goes through everything, as I say, we've gone through. Uh, but it, uh, uh, it, at the end, we learn uh, in the Charter Commission, however, council members and their activist supporters found a common enemy. A majority white, unelected board of people can't decide that they know better than the community, said Noor, the Black Visions organizer. Lisa Bender, the council president, said, I understand that we did not give the Charter Commission a lot of time to weigh a very substantive change to our system of government. I also know that we're proposing a question to put to put to a question to put to all of the voters of Minneapolis. And I think the Charter Commission is overstepping their role by digging so far deeply into the, into the substantive question. In August, in a 10 to 5 vote, the commission chose not to pass the council members' amendment and called for further study, killing the chances that would appear on the ballot in November. In other words, uh, Lisa Bender has found fault with the Charter Commission, right, uh, clinging, to some, clinging to some hope that her vision to reimagine the police will uh, uh, somehow take hold. A poll from the Minneapolis Star Tribune found that a plurality of residents, including 50% of black people, opposed reducing the size of the police department. Council members said they repeatedly heard criticism, criticism from business owners and residents in more affluent areas of their wards who feared for their safety as misinformation spread that the end of the police department was imminent. Well, let me let me put that in garage logic terms. The people who are actually paying taxes spoke up and said, you're not going to get rid of the police department. Mm-hmm. And they haven't, and that whole effort has been a, a folly of incompetence. They didn't know what they were talking about in May, and they don't know what they're talking about now because these are uh, people who are unequipped to deal with the, a variety of realities of ordinary life. They're, uh, they're just not fit to serve. They are the pure definition of incompetence, and let's just hope the voters of Minneapolis have a long memory and we'll take that memory to the poll each and every time these clowns come up for re-election. But you need somebody to run against them. Well, don't you think this would inspire people to do that? Here you got, let's go back, you got a great guy in Kendall Qualls. Uh, you got a great guy in Lacey Johnson, uh, neither of whom could get endorsed by the Minneapolis newspaper. Yeah, but maybe when, when, this, when they, in fact, God, I don't even like to say it, but if, in fact, they do lose, maybe they should set their sights on city offices. Boy, I would love that. Or mayor. Yeah. How about Lacey yeah. Johnson or Kendall oh. Falls for mayor? Oh, oh. oh that would be awesome. <laughs> well, I believe Lacey would qualify because he lives in Minneapolis. Oh, 100% not, he would, yeah. I, think Kendall, I don't think Kendall lives in the city of Minneapolis. Well, but Fry's from 
Virginia. Yeah, but he lives in the city of Minneapolis. I know, but I'm just saying that he you could know. establish residency before. No, I, I, I know. I'm just, I'm just. Like, it's like how it works. <laughs> but right. I did a great deal of searching on where Fry lives, and all I could come up with was in an apartment. And I don't know if he, if this is actually an, a condo that he owns, or if he's a renter. Jo- well, John, he, do you know? I, I don't. I was just. He's just a North Loop the, guy in the old warehouse him. district. Isn't he? Kind of a North Loop guy in one of those refinished warehouses? Well, I just hope he owns it because I don't want a mayor that's actually renting. Isn't that what the guy in Portland is doing, Wheeler? Well, I don't know about Portland. I I think Portland is going to be written off from the United States. They're just, uh, they're not surviving very well. Say, we've been remiss in our groin kicking. Oh, Oh, no, what happened? Well, better get him ready. uh, Kevin notes. Why you got to give one to this Ibram X Candy, Candy? Oh, good call, Candy. Yeah. Good call. Hold so uh, he gets a running that. groin kick, a running kick to the groin. This is from uh, Kevin from Wyoming, Minnesota. Well, I, I mean Keith from Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> so give uh, Ibram oh. X Candy. Yep. Just give me a minute. It's here. not Candy. Yes. It's Candy. 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 A groin kick. Candy. He's Why the one who said, uh, Amy. Uh, Co- Coney Barrett uh, just uses her adopted Haitian children as props because she's a white colonizer. <laughs> Teaches at Boston University. Okay, here for, we go. has a book for sale. That deserves this. And you know what? Just because we forgot. How about another? Yeah. Oh, that's two of them. Uh, Kelsey uh, provided me information that, uh, that says he's married to a doctor and he, he had no uh, uh, hard upbringing whatsoever. He... Uh, uh, so there you have it. So, oh, interesting. Hail the flashlight king! Hail, Hail you. you! You just received an email from the local high school where the kids I used to have attended. They were excited to announce that all students K twelve in the district will be getting free lunches for the rest of the school year because of the generosity of a federal grant. Do I get a refund for the twenty years of paying full lunch fare for my kids? Is this an omen of things to come regarding the canceling college debt while the rest of us who paid cash when the bills were due are left with the realization we just paid the way for everyone else too? Don't tell me we don't have any money. There is no free lunch until now. Signed, frustrated, Chuck in Alabama. <laughs> well, Chuck in Alabama, he needs rep- reparations, doesn't he? Yeah, Let's cut him a so. check. You, you would think so. The uh, the Hunter Biden story, as I continue to check news sites, is not going away. I just don't know if it will ever come to fruition. Is he the bad sheep of the family, that Hunter character? Oh, boy. Is, is yeah, he he's ever, the one that uh, his, has drug uh, issues. Yeah, his older brother seems like he had it together. Wasn't he, uh, was it attorney general? No. Uh, uh, what was it? But he, he held a fairly prominent are, position. Are you talking about the guy who died from cancer? Y- yeah, the guy that passed. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was... Yeah, Bo, yeah, and he Bo, spent some yes, time Bo. in the services. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so did Hunter, but he only got in with two waivers, and he wasn't in for longer <laughs> than a year, if I remember correctly. Uh, Facebook and Twitter took action on Wednesday. I know we've covered this, but it bears repeating. Facebook and Twitter took action on Wednesday to limit the distribution of the New York Post's reporting with unconfirmed claims about Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. Uh leading President Trump's campaign and allies to charge the companies with censorship. Both social media companies said the moves were 
aimed at slowing the spread of potentially false information, but they gave few details about how they reached their decisions, sparking criticism about the lack of clarity and consistency with which they apply their rules. We're talking about the New York Post having published a series of stories yesterday citing emails purportedly sent by Hunter Biden that the news outlet says it got from Trump's private lawyer Rudy Giuliani and former Trump advisor Steve Bannon. Uh, I can't go on. I, I, I just... I don't know what the truth of that ultimately will be, but we're a long way from knowing what it is. Well, what's interesting about Twitter and Facebook, Joe, is you can say anything you want, uh, uh, is no, no matter how outrageous about Trump, but you cannot criticize anybody on the left, or you'll be blocked, or you'll be shut down Canceled. for 24 hours, or, or whatever. Yeah, no. Well, all I know is I just don't take my news from... I'm, I'm, I don't have a Facebook account, and I'm I'm... I'm very thinly attached to the Twitter account that you guys made me develop for the show, and I don't like it. Well, you and I are alike with the Facebook thing, but we're in the minority. People you would never guess would have uh, that would have it do, in fact, have it and read it daily. Oh, oh I know. I know. I, I'm just not one of them. But That's you can right. use it as a tool to get that information from reliable news outlets. But don't uh, you so- have to wade through the muckety-muck? Well, I mean, like locally, John was reading the uh, the case involving George Floyd, and as he was reading that case, uh, I got an update from Paul Bloom of Fox Nine, who's one of the best reporters in town. Hmm. Okay. Well, you're uh, you're of the generation that uh, has learned to find this agreeable, and you know how to use it, and uh, you can just be my my uh, eyes and ears on that. There we go. Yeah, how's that? Joe, you're of the generation that now falls down and uh, breaks bones. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And can't golf for the rest of the year. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I'm going to hit him today, I think. I'm going to go out. Wow. He actually thought Roycey was going to go golfing, and all he was doing was trolling the mayor. (laughs) Yeah, I thought he was going golfing. I even texted him. How'd you shoot, ski cat? He never never got back. He never got back to me. Never got back to me. Well, boys, Johnny, we'll have you tomorrow, too, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. That's good. And we'll have a rook tomorrow. We're going to have the whole crew tomorrow. How about that? How about that? Maybe I'll try to put together a song, huh? I would love that. (laughs) What do you think? Well, you are the guitar-playing newsman. (laughs) Kenny, you had a note on Fred. What did you want to say? Oh, um, Schoonover called back and said, gee, you know, he recognizes the fact that most of us are do-it-yourselfers. uh, and he said, run over to Frats. They all have blades there. And you can Wiper blades? Yeah, snap them on yourself. Oh, nice. Once you've, nice. It, it, it starts out complicated. What I, do, I replace them every couple of years. And the first one takes me 10 minutes because I can't remember how to do it. And then the second one takes 10 yeah. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Hey, uh, you yeah. know it doesn't take long either? Download that PodMN app and listen local. Please also don't forget to rate and review in both Apple and your Google Play stores. We'll catch you tomorrow, Braz. Okay, Braskies.